Welcome to everyone online. Thank you for joining us. At the end of last year, um, I, w- I always pray for direction for where we're going as a church and what God wants to do with us. And the word I got was the word deeper. So, so well done to Dale for that awesome design. We are trusting God that we are going to go deeper. And I know I preached on it in the beginning of the year, but I want to bring us back to that because it's not just something that we just talk about and then move on to the next subject. We want to trust God that if he speaks, we are obedient to what he's saying. I believe that God wants us to have a deeper relationship with him. I, want, I believe God wants us to have a, a deeper revelation. Um, I believe that we need a deeper love for Jesus, that we need a deeper infilling of the power of the Holy Spirit to live the life that God has called us to. Uh, I believe that we need a deeper understanding of the power of prayer. And as we pray and as we go through this year and as we trust God for things and God works and God moves, I believe our revelation will increase and we'll have a deeper respect and reverence for the power of prayer. So today I want to look at a scripture that will take us deeper into the things of God. And, and I really want you to be excited and I'm not trying to muster up excitement because as we know, as we go through life, whenever we venture towards trying to find some sort of satisfaction from something that isn't Jesus it disappoints us. It fails us. It lets us down. We need Jesus Christ to be our anchor uh, as we go forward. So before we look at our primary text for today, um, I want to just say this. Just before Easter, I preached on expectations and how so often what we expect from God and how we expect God to work isn't exactly how it goes. And when expectations and reality seem to miss pause, we, we can get very upset. And when we were in Joburg recently at a, a national elders' time, Tyron spoke about how just before COVID happened, he felt God speak to him about the word release. And he felt that God was going to bring a release. And then all of a sudden, everything was shut down and we couldn't travel and we couldn't go anywhere and we couldn't do anything. And God was bringing about a release. He was shaking something and he was releasing things that we were holding on to that we shouldn't have been holding on to. And at the same time, it wasn't the way that we expected release to happen. And I felt this for this year, God's going to take us deeper. God wants to take us deeper into the things of God. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's flooding. And I was like, well, that's not the kind of deeper I had in mind. You know, like, it's amazing how we have this view of what God wants to do. And then all of a sudden, all of our comfort zones are being absolutely rattled. And I'm not sure how many of you over the last two years have been out of your comfort zones. Things have not gone according to your plan. But I want to say this. It's often in our discomfort that we dig the deepest. I, honestly, I know that God did not... He did not send COVID. As Tyron said, he permitted, he allowed COVID to happen. And when these things happen to us and it rattles us, it causes us to dig deep. And if the result of us digging deep is a closer relationship with Jesus and a greater faith, then so be it. It's not what we want, but it's what God allows. And God allows things because he's working with them and using them. Um, So in our discomfort, God is taking us deeper. Yet as humans... We always choose the path of least resistance. Um, as a, for me, as an aspiring bodybuilder, um, I've found that... <laughs> I don't know what I missed there. Um, as an aspiring bodybuilder, I have found that taking the path of least resistance has significantly hindered my process, so my progress. <clears throat> we all know this. Diamonds are formed under pressure. God is making, turning the church into an absolute diamond, a, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Yet sometimes we want to just stay a stone. I'd rather be a happy stone that's under no pressure than under huge pressure to be turned into a diamond. So often, self-preservation encourages us to avoid pressure. It's not comfortable. So we're going to look at a scripture that's going to speak into this. And um, it's written by Paul. 
He was a super duper ninja, ninja apostle. He was like the, the most apostle apostle you can get. Um, you don't get more hardcore than this guy. And listen to what he says. He's writing to the church in Philippians. So I'm going to go through a whole bunch of scripture and unpack it as we go. And just ask this. If you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, it's not minutes. You're not trying to be able to recite the scripture back. You can go online and watch it again. What is God saying to you? Let's trust God to speak to us. Every single one of you, God wants to speak. The, the thing is, are we listening? So, Philippians 3, verse 1 to 11. It should be on the screen. The priceless value of knowing Christ. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters. Floods, riots, COVID, looting, in sickness and in health. Rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens. And it's happening, and I've seen, we've been like, the church grows, 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 something knocks us, and it, you know, and the church grows, grows, and then something knocks us, and I've seen, and I think to myself, man, it frustrates me so much when you see so much potential in people, and they're walking in it, and then all of a sudden, something comes and rips them away, and it, oh, it, it gets to me, but whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith. So choosing to praise God, even when things are really difficult, even when the pressure is on, even when we are very uncomfortable, it safeguards our faith. Think about that. For you to be uncomfortable, yet still come to church and still worship God, safeguards the most important thing to God, which is your faith. So when we are praising, even though we don't feel like it, we praise God because he is worthy, and even though life is falling apart, we get up, we get out, and we go to church, and we worship God. It safeguards our faith, which is what you're doing today. Watch out for those dogs. <laughs> That's what it says, but I just, verse 2, emphasize it enthusiastically. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those, who, those mutilators who say to you, you must be circumcised to be saved. In other words, watch out for those people who push religion for God instead of relationship with God. Watch out for those people. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. In other words, it's not a flesh thing. It's a, it's a, it's a condition of the heart. A guy at National Elders, and this is probably an unnecessary detour. Yes. Um, he said this. He said, like, getting, getting a vaccine to be able to go and preach the gospel in another country is a far less significant price to pay, it seems, <laughs> than what Timothy had to go through with Paul in order to preach the gospel to the Jews. Um, you know, can you imagine? And I've shared this before. That's a nice scalpel, uh, Paul. What's it for? We would like you, uh, Timothy, to go and preach to the Jews. Ah, okay, okay, what do I need to do? It seems a whole lot more invasive than getting a vaccine to preach the gospel. So these people did what was required in order to take the message beyond themselves. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. I want to say something now, and I want you to take it to heart. And this is something, that, and I'm quoting what Tyron Daniels said when we were at the National Elders. Our calling, it's on the screen, if you're taking notes, write this down. Our calling is not within our skill set. It takes God to serve God. You are called by God. To fulfill that call cannot be done outside of God. Our calling is not within our skill set. It takes God to serve God. We put no confidence in the flesh. And this doesn't mean that we do nothing. It means that what we do do, we do by the grace and the power of God. Our usefulness, and, and I haven't got this on the screen, but I really want you to hear this. Our usefulness is found in making ourselves available 
I want that to sink in. Our usefulness is found in making ourselves available. It's not about how skilled we are. It's not about how, um, you know, our amazing Christian CV and our academic studies. It's not, a, it's not even about our experience, I believe. It's about making ourselves available. God will use those who are not most skilled but most available. Are you available to the things of God? Um, God gifts those who make themselves available. Therefore, our confidence isn't what, in what we carry, but in who's carrying us. Does that? One million city hill points to Dusty. We live in a time where I believe that the enemy increasingly distracts us so that we are simply not available. We have more excuses than availability. And we wonder why God isn't showing off his power through our lives, but we're constantly too busy to walk in the things of God. Uh, and um, this is not a, a rebuke. It's, it, it's, it's to all of us. It's to me. If the hour is urgent, am I available to the things of God? And then Paul goes on to say that if his usefulness was his CV or his skills, then he's got it all. And verse 4 to verse 6, you can read on your own. It's just about how Paul was incredibly... I mean, he had every accolade and qualification to make him a super apostle and to think that he was the most righteous, religious, amazing achiever on planet Earth. And then he says this in verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. What do we bring to the table? I'm going to tell you what, what, what do we bring to the table when it comes to serving God? Ourselves right? Ourselves. When it comes to our skills, our efforts, and our good deeds, they count for nothing. Nothing. According to Paul, it's worthless. What is God looking for? You. He's not, no, 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 I've got this, you know, like I did a course. He wants your heart. Um, So, verse 8. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What is the most important thing in this world, in the universe? It's the value of knowing Jesus. And we're living in a time where everything is fighting for that relationship to be broken down. Um, So, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. The King James Version. If you read the King James Version, you need to need to update. Um, It says this, it says, for I count it all, it says here in this scripture, it says, for his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. The King James Version uses the word dung. (laughs) And some older versions, it's quite expressive how it puts the word dung, you know. So what we can do is say this, um, look at all my amazing achievements, all the things I've achieved outside of God. It is a castle of dung, to put it um, King James Version. Uh, you still reading the King James? No. Mm. Thus I beseech thee, brethren, embrace a newer version. Okay, so verse, where am I? No, don't tell me it's the Mams and Tony High School. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, dung, any other word, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. What makes you right with God? Good works? No. Faith? Yes. We are imputed in righteousness through his effort and not our own. So when we come to church, we come in faith. When we tithe, we tithe in faith. When we pray, we pray in faith. Otherwise, it's wonderful, it's a good work, and it counts for nothing. Uh, Do you want me to answer that? I will. (laughs) I will online. (laughs) 
Okay, so, sorry, I don't know who that was. I don't mean to make anyone uncomfortable. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on what? Faith, thank you. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Do, do I want that? I want to suffer with him. Do I want that? Sharing in his death. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't think that anybody that I know is happy that Jesus suffered. Yet we'd rather that he suffered for us than us have to suffer for him. Yet imagine a radical faith sweeping through the church. Where a generation rise up and say, I will serve Jesus Christ no matter what the cost. No matter what I have to lay down. No matter what relationships I won't embrace. No matter what I have to do. I will serve Jesus Christ because he is my Lord. And I think to myself, we would, as the church, would love to see that generation rising up with Bold enthusiasm to serve Jesus. But would we say this, Lord, start with me. Let's do it. But I'll be at the back of the queue if anybody needs me. <laughs> um, so now, to get to our primary scripture that I want to look at, it's from Philippians 3, and then I've got five quick points that all start with D to take us deeper. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 12 to 16. I do not mean to say that I've already obtained all this. Verse 12. Achieved these things or have already reached perfection. But I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. There is something God has put in you that he wants to pull out of you. Something God's given you. The root word for press on literally means to stretch as in a race. So our bodies, just like everything else, they need to be maintained. If we don't stretch, if we don't stay fit, then we get unhealthier. And the unhealthier we get, the harder it is to start to get healthy. And it just seems to be this downward cycle where we want to get healthy, but it's so much harder than it used to be, so we just do nothing. So when we do nothing, it doesn't leave us where we are. If anything, it moves us backwards like re relaxing in an ocean current. Our relationships, and are you with me? Our relationships, our marriages, our cars, our houses, our pools, our gardens, our lives need constant attention. Otherwise, they drift and deteriorate. Um, I believe that God calls us to put ourselves in situations that will stretch us in order for our faith muscles to grow. And I'm not just talking about God putting us through difficult times, through flooding and circumstances. I'm talking about us positioning ourselves where we require faith in order to get the job done. And Paul has been challenging me that, on that recently because I have certain ways that I feel comfortable. And when I'm outside of my comfort zone, it's very uncomfortable, but that's where my faith will grow. So I'm nervously stepping out of the boat in some things. And I'm not, uh, so for, for you it might be just getting involved in church. It could be praying out loud. It could be plugging in. It could be pressing into God. It could be knitting into Christian community. But when you do it, it will require faith. And when you grow that faith muscle, you will grow in influence and you will grow in authority and you will grow in the ways of God. These things stretch us and they grow our faith muscle. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, and this is Paul, the super ninja apostle, who says this, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. Listen to verse 15 again. This is how Paul approaches every argument I have with her. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, 
I believe God will make it plain to you. Um, I, I love Paul's confidence. It's fine if you disagree with me. Go ahead and disagree. Eventually, God will show you that you were wrong the whole time. Um, my Paula has that same confidence when we fight. But I'm just joking. What pastors fight? <laughs> we come to church in different cars um, for practical reasons. Verse 16. Yeah. Ministry people, they don't know. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. So the five Ds that are going to take us deeper. And if you seriously say, Lord, I want to go deep into, into the things of God. If God is your number one, your focus, your goal, then these, these five things are going to really help you. Number one, dissatisfaction. Philippians 3 verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the the perfection for which Christ first possessed me. In other words, if there is more in me or more in God or more from God or more of God, then I want it all. I don't want to live a mediocre life thinking there was so much more for me and I didn't go. So I want to be grateful. I'm saying if there's more then I want it. If God has called us, which he has, then Lord, I'm going to walk into that calling. Um, he is the gift and everything else is the wrapping. And I want, to, I want to emphasize this. Too often we get so obsessed with the wrapping that we don't, in, that we don't appreciate the gift. We give our, our kids something. You spend 500 rand on a toy. And that's an, I know I'm exaggerating. It's very expensive. You spend 500 rand on a toy and then they unwrap it, push it aside, don't care about it, and they just play with the wrapping. And you think to yourself, well, why spend money on the gift? And so often we are excited about the wrappings that God has given us, that we miss out on the gift, right? The stuff out there, the stuff, it's wrappings. God is the gift. Are we enjoying God or just the things? Um, and what stops us from pressing on is the discomfort of stepping, the discomfort that stepping out in faith requires. Why are you not stepping out of your comfort zone? What's uncomfortable? Or we are distracted by this, what this world has to offer. And I, I tell you now, it will offer you more and more. Not to bless you, to pull you in a different direction. And at the same time, comparing ourselves to where others are instead of what Jesus has called us to. And I'm not talking about striving and works. It's about surrender and obedience. A hunger for more of God, not just more from God. And we've said this before. I want more of God, not just more from God. And if you think about your prayers recently, have they been about what God can give you and do for you? Or is your, have your prayers been, Lord, I want more of you. I want a greater revelation. I want a deeper relationship. I want a, I want a deeper influence so people can be saved. What are our prayers? I'm not trying to rebuke anyone. But, you know, and you might be, well, other people are happy in shallow water. And if I go deeper, then I will be out of my depth. But if Jesus Christ is calling us deeper, then we will go deeper. So the first D is dissatisfaction. And in other words, I'm not, I don't want to settle when God's called me to more. Number two is devotion. And I think, my Paula, you're going to like this. Philippians 3 verse 13a. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Underline that in your Bible. One thing. There is a phrase that is key to our kingdom culture, and I believe it speaks into our leadership team at the moment. And I know that Paula has felt this prophetically, and that is the concept of one thing. Too often... We are involved in many things at the expense of one thing. Our lives, our time, our energy, our focus, it's like water from our lives and it's being poured out and it spills all over the place. Yet when we, when, if you take water and you give it laser focus, it cuts through steel. We know this. 
Water channeled and put under pressure can cut through steel. But our lives, when they are not focused on one thing, end up becoming this outpouring that doesn't affect anything. When a river breaks its banks, the area around it becomes a swamp. Yet channeled accordingly becomes a source of power. Is our determination for the one thing making us a channel of power? Are we just being spread out over many things just trying to hold life together? Uh, And all through scripture, this phrase, one thing is used. To the rich young ruler, Jesus speaking to you says, one thing you lack. To Martha, who's busy, one thing is needed. David prayed, one thing I desire. Nehemiah in the Old Testament, he was enticed by distracting invitations, yet he responded. He was building the wall. He responded. And this is just summary saying, my wall is the call and I will not come down until it is built. We are right now building something for the king and his kingdom. And there are going to be many things calling us off the wall saying, come do this, come fix that, come help them. Distractions that are going to pull us away from what? The one thing. Paul's heart is to simplify. Some some of you need to pray and say, Lord, I need to let go of a lot of things that I'm spending a lot of time on. I think we need to EMP Netflix. (laughs) Anyway, if anything, we are too tired for the one thing because we're trying to hold together the many things. We need laser focus on the things that have eternal value. Uh, I know a lot of this is basic stuff, but it's amazing how quickly we can let go of the basic stuff because we focused on the many things. Number three, anyone here? No, it's just the lack, of, the lack of echo, you know? Number three is direction. Listen to this thing I read online. It's comforting to hear that even Albert Einstein had a brain cramp now and then. We call a brain cramp something else. One time, for instance, he was, he was taking a train to an out-of-town ex- uh, engagement. The conductor stopped to punch his ticket. But the great scientist preoccupied with his work explains that he couldn't find his ticket. Not in his coat pocket, not in his briefcase. The conductor said, we all know who you are, Dr. Einstein. I'm sure you bought a ticket. Don't worry about it. As the conductor moved along, he looked back to see Einstein on his hands and knees searching under the seat for his ticket. The conductor walked back, Dr. Einstein, please, don't worry about it. I know who you are. Exasperated, Einstein looked up and said, I I too know who I am. What I don't know is where I'm going. And I, I, I think this, he's genius. How many of you have been driving and you're like, where am I going? I mean, I've phoned people and then it's ringing and I'm like, who did I phone? Um, so I understand that. To go deeper, we need to know where we are going and why. As a church, we are not just drifting with the current. We are very intentional about trusting God to take us where he wants us to go. I believe that we are living in an urgent hour. And I'm not trying to stir up an end time theology. I'm saying I believe that we are living in an urgent hour. And the gospel is the only hope for humanity to go deeper. The gospel. Nothing else. The one thing. Jesus Christ is Lord. We grow in anointing and authority to live effective lives for the gospel and represent our king when we focus on this one thing. The, the hour is urgent, church. Distraction will come your way. So here is a vital key to taking us deeper. Philippians 3 verse 13b. Some of you, I believe, really when I was prepping this, there are some that aren't here that I feel needed to hear this, and I trust that God will get it to them because He is God. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 
Maybe it was the way we did things. Maybe it was the way you lived. Maybe it's what you've done that you regret. I want to be clear. We can't move forward while we focused on the past. We haven't got time for an illustration. If I got two people up here, one focused on the back wall, the other one focused at, on me, and then they both run to the back, which one will win? Which one will trip? What does Paul advise when it comes to our past? Forget about it. Did it happen? Yes. Have we made huge mistakes that we wish we hadn't made that we could go back and fix? Yes. Does it matter? Yes. Does it hurt? Yes. And to forget doesn't mean that we can't remember. It means that we no longer make it our focus. We no longer anchor ourselves to these things. We can't be bogged down by how things used to be. Paul had every reason to see his past as a disqualification to the call of God on his life. I encourage you, don't be chained to your regrets. We have a future. Therefore, we don't forget where we are going. Instead, we forget the past and we look to the future. I understand you can't forget, but you can stop focusing on it. You can stop regretting it. Stop chaining yourself your mistakes and your past and your failures and even the good things and the way things used to be we are not when we we are going somewhere your past is history leave it there number four determination i press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which god through christ jesus is calling us warren wesby says this a man does not become a winning athlete by listening to lectures, watching movies, reading books, or cheering at the games. He becomes a, win a winning athlete by getting into the game and determining to win. And I think some people need to go, come to church and go this, and say this, Lord, how can I make this the most God-honoring, spiritual place of fruitfulness that this world has ever known? Instead of, is it what I want it to be? Yes or no? I'll see. No, no. Bring your gifts. Let's trust God to explode through this place. Uh, he goes on to say this. We have two extremes to avoid. I must do it all. Number two, God must do it all. Both extremes lead to failure. We need to be determined to make ourselves available and embrace the grace that God has given us to get the job done. The grace of God is over every single one of your lives. The call of God is over every single one of your lives. And he's not saying, now you do it and I'll watch. At the same time, he's not saying, I'll do it, now you watch. He's saying, let's partner together and do it. God. Um, so, make yourself available. Number five is discipline. How many, as a show of hands, have swum the mid mile? The rest have common sense. <laughs> I mean, I mean what, sorry, what I meant to say was, that's incredible. Well done. <laughs> You need the same five Ds that I've mentioned to be able to swim the mid-mile mile, I believe. For you to be able to go deeper, you need dissatisfaction. You need to say, I'm not going to just sit around. I'm actually, I will be satisfied when I complete that achievement. You need, to, you need devotion. You need direction. You don't just get in any time, anywhere and just swim. You, you know where you are going. You need determination and you need discipline. You don't just sort of jump into a pool one day and all of a sudden you can swim the mid-mile mile. Um, I'd love to say that Christian living and fruitfulness happens by default, yet discipline is required. You, you, and it's not religion. Religion is the rule to make right with God. God's saying, I've made right with you, now I want to I build into the relationship. Uh, getting to church this morning took discipline. Re, uh, prayer 
takes discipline. Reading your Bibles takes discipline. For the musos to learn songs, to be able to learn an instrument, discipline. To stand up here and learn the songs, discipline. To get you on time and set up and play for the church, that's discipline. An outstanding athlete, academic, professional, and dare I say believer, can't do what they do without discipline. And discipline is, is very difficult when we would much rather just do nothing. A strong marriage, a clean pool, great relationships, great health, all require discipline. And the thing about discipline is this, nobody can do it for you. You might be somebody who's, you know, you can motivate, you can encourage, you can demonstrate and you can support, but you can't do it for them. And you, I encourage you to surround yourself with people that will demonstrate and encourage and support and motivate you. But know this, they cannot do it for you. They cannot stand before God one day and say, why, Tim, were you not more responsible for Paula's calling? Unless, of course, I'm getting in the way of that calling, but still that's on Paula. On all of us, we need to be disciplined. And I want to end by saying this. If we were Olympic swimmers, all of us, um, we would want to do our best. Why? Because we represent our country. Yet no matter how we do, even if we came last... We are still citizens of that country. We are citizens of the kingdom. So we run our race not to remain citizens because we are citizens. But then again, we want to run our best race. Why? Because it's the call of God. It represents the king and his kingdom. Therefore, I want to go deeper. Why? Because it honors God and it blesses the people around me. And your life, if your life is used by God to reach one person, In a hundred million years into eternity, when you see that one person, you'll think my whole life was worth being lived to be used by God for that one thing. The most important thing in this world is a relationship with Jesus. Please, church, I encourage you, let your life count for that. To know Jesus and make him known. It's the way we go deeper. It's why you were born. Right now, take a breath. God gave you that breath to serve him. Let's go deeper together. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that we are ambassadors. Your ambassadors. Your hands and feet. We are the salt and light, Lord Jesus. We are not absolutely useless. We are useful, but when we make ourselves available. I pray, Lord, that in this urgent hour of the church we will be we will be not busied by the world lord jesus but devoted to the king i pray holy spirit that everyone in this room discovers purpose i pray lord that you will use every one of us to see somebody saved be glorified in this space i pray in jesus name amen